Coffee Conversations with Cinti is brought to you by Influential, the new strategic consultancy that takes the guesswork out of influencer marketing for your brand. We provide much-needed strategic crafted frameworks on how to implement campaigns specific to your brand needs. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fabulous edition of Coffee Conversations about influencer marketing. And as usual, I'm not flying solo. And my co-pilot is in the house. How Hello, are you? Hello, everyone. I'm well, thank you. I was just saying, I feel a cold coming on. So if yeah. my voice sounds weird, that's why. So you literally have a, a frog stuck down your throat. Literally, and I'm a vegetarian. It's very weird. <laughs> uh, I, I hope our guest is not going to catch on to your cold, eh? No. No, 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 no. And I'm we have a that. special guest, so, yeah. And I'm also a vegetarian, so I don't want a frog <laughs> in my throat. <laughs> We've already got something here. Gail Shima, ladies and gentlemen, CEO of the Advertising Regulatory Board of South Africa. Uh, welcome to this. Thank you so much for having me. And before we delve into this interview, let's remind everybody else at home to follow us. Where do they follow us? Facebook, please like our page so you and get it's new, so and we it's need brand spanking new. Yeah. So please go follow it, um, so you get all our episodes and share it with your friends if you love it. Yeah. Um, and then also like um, download, just on download everywhere, iTunes. guys. iTunes, Spotify, we are everywhere. Iona as well. There's we have done all the graft. So you go click on one link on Facebook and it will bring up every hey, possible place else. you can actually listen to this. So yeah. just go do that. Gail, besides being CEO of one of the most interesting boards in South Africa, you're also an author. I am. And and I know Anne is excited to have you because she's read one of your books. I am fangirling. Um, I recently read one of Gail's books called The Accident, and yeah. it's fantastic. It's Thank a, you so much. It's a great story about loss and friendship. and yeah. just it's Did amazing. it make you cry? It did. I had Dirt. so many emotions Dirt. from happy, sad, crying. Yeah. It made me feel things, which Dirt. I feel is important for a writer. And, and so before you tell us about the ARB, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am, I mean, you've summed it up. I'm a lawyer by profession ah. um, and I am a writer when I'm not being a lawyer and right. I am a mother when I'm not, well, probably I'm a mother before the, either of those <laughs> things. Yeah, um, yeah that, that, and that's me and I'm the CEO of the Advertising Regulatory Board now to, for my, as my day job um, and that takes up most of my time. Amazing. Yeah. Well, what is the ARB? What is its mandate? What is all this board all about? So this could be a very long story. <laughs> I'm going to try and keep it short. All right. The ARB has taken over the work that the ASA, the Advertising Standards Authority, was doing. Okay. The ASA was put into liquidation, um, and that is a podcast of its own. But the marketing and advertising industry realized that the the important thing was not to save the ASA. The important thing was to save self-regulation. Okay. So the ARB is the new self-regulatory body. Okay. And and why is self-regulating very important in this? There's industry? so many reasons, but I think the biggest that it, that becomes important for the conversation we're going to have about influences. Yeah. Is that. If the consumer doesn't trust the advertising space, mm -hmm. then the consumer will not trust the particular claim you're making in that space. Mm -hmm. If you have an unregulated advertising space or a badly and slowly regulated advertising space, then the consumer is going to know that they can't trust the claims made in that space and they're not going to believe anything. Mm 
And that's why it's important to regulate advertising in some way and self-regulation because then you have peers judging peers. You have a fast, cheap mechanism. We all know that if government intervenes, it's not going to be fast. It's not yeah. going to be no, cheap. No, red tape. And, red tape yeah. and it's probably going to be too slow because advertising regulation has to be fast. Yeah. We have to be able Correct. to make a decision in a few weeks. Otherwise, it's pointless. Yeah. So government on the whole has shown us that their the processes don't lend themselves <laughs> to that. Now, how, how many members do you have and, and how does one go about uh, being a part of those boards? So the way the membership works is we have industry bodies. So we have MASA, which is the Marketing Association of South Africa, and All they right. have marketers as their members. We have the ACA, which is the Association for Communication and Advertising, and then the industry body for traditional advertising agencies, and yeah. they have a whole lot of members. And then we have IAB, which is basically the digital advertising agencies, publishers, and platforms, mm. and they are a member. And those are, have been our three founding members. We're working on getting more members. We also, thanks to some very forward-thinking drafting in the Electronic Communications Act, we are binding on broadcasters in the same way that the ASA was binding on broadcasters. Okay, what exactly does that mean? So it means if we make a decision about a broadcast ad um, and the marketer refuses to pull it and then the broadcaster has to pull it. Okay, okay. great. Um, I think about our podcast is about influence marketing. Yes. So we, obviously the last couple of weeks, everyone has been talking about the new ARB social media code because it's finally kind of come to light and to the forefront. And influencers are freaking out. Marketers are freaking out a little bit. PR people are freaking out because we want to understand mm. what exactly is this now. So please can you give us like a brief overview of exactly what the social media code is? Okay. I think what it comes down to is that when a consumer is consuming media, they have a right to know what is genuine opinion and what is paid for opinion. If you look okay. back at old traditional um, types of media, when you're reading an article that is the journalist's opinion, it's different from when you're reading an advertorial. Yes. And you want to know which is which. You might still attach value to the advertorial, but you deserve to know that it's paid for placement. And the same applies in the social media um, stage. When you are following an influencer, if they have had a spontaneous opinion about a particular product, yes. that is going to have a different weight for the consumer than if the consumer knows they were paid for it or they were given a freebie or they will be getting freebies for the rest of their life. Fair mm -hmm. enough. It changes how you absorb that opinion of theirs and therefore you deserve to know it. And internationally, this has become a thing. Correct. You know, it's it's all over the world. This has been an issue. And South Africa, for once, we've been on the ball. Um, <laughs> and we've got it out kind of around the same time as, as the rest of the world has been doing it. And we're very much in line with the international trends around this. And that's also important because influencers are not, you know, social media is not a bordered thing. Yes. So we need influ our influencers to be following the rest of the world it creates opportunities for them. If of they're course. following yeah. the same rules as the rest of the world, they may be used by the rest of the world. If we are yeah. some kind of 
third world banana republic where there are no <laughs> rules in our social media, no. they're not going to be able to grow as international influencers. Yeah. It's a very good point. Um, and to that, with the, the code coming to place, is it a law? Is it, a, okay. is it advisory? Is it rules? Very important. It's not a law. A law okay. is something passed by government. We are a self-regulatory body. Got so it, it is okay. a self-regulatory rule. Okay. Our members are bound by it, like they would be by a law. But you can't go to jail, you can't be fined. Um, it doesn't have the power of a law, but our members are bound by it. And as well as our members being bound by it, ethical marketers are regarding themselves as bound by it. Ethical marketers regard themselves as bound by the Code of Advertising Practice and by the decisions of the ARB. So we've had quite a quick high buy-in to this. And I think especially because, like I said, it reflects the international position. So yeah. for multinationals, it's not a new and frightening thing. No. It's just, oh, this has come to South Africa now. Okay, got it. Correct. Um, but are you going to go to jail if you don't follow it? No. The marketer could have their advertising pulled. If they're not a member, there is a good chance we can't force it. Okay. So it could be that you can get away with not complying. That's where, okay, and then that leads me to the next thing, that it's, it's the marketer who we hold liable. The marketer is the one yeah. who gets the influence. If the influencer's work works, yes. the yeah. marketer makes the sales. Of yes. course. So similarly, if the influencer is not doing what they should, the marketer must be accountable. And I suppose also the marketers are paying good money for these influencers. No, so no. if the ad gets pulled or the, the sponsor post, they will lose money. Yes. Just, and just as they, would have, they were responsible for an ad that they put on TV or an ad they put in the magazine, social media is just another medium for advertising. That's that's yes. all it is. Yeah. So we go to the marketer. We don't go to the influencer. So the okay. influencer will suffer no repercussions from us. But. Yes. Okay. But. Influencers then say to me, well, why should I listen to it? And there's several reasons. The first is that I believe that as this rolls out and as it becomes more the norm, marketers are not going to want to work with influencers who refuse to listen. It's a huge reputational risk on the influencer yeah. side. I agree with that. Yeah. And then secondly, consumers are going to start realizing influencer one always has hashtag ad. Influencer two, I know that they've been paid for this, but they don't have hashtag ad. Why is influencer two trying to trick me? And they're going to feel more trust in influencer one. Remember what I said at yes. the beginning. Yeah. You've got to trust the space yeah. to trust the specific claim. And influencer two, who's not using the hashtag, is going to find that their ability to influence is actually going to drop. And I 100% agree with that. Having um, chats with marketers and influencers since all of this came about, marketers who are ethical want to use the right kind of people to market their products and mm. they want the transparency. Yeah. And the influencers themselves have been so happy that this code has been into place. Again, the ethical ones, um, mm. because they see on a daily basis people who aren't marketing and they're getting frustrated yeah. because they're like, I'm doing the ethical thing. My um, audiences trust me to give them value, uh, value, value, uh, value um, but also that they trust my opinion regardless. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. I think... If you trust the influencer, then you trust that they will not sell their soul and that if they're giving their opinion, they do genuinely believe yeah, that. I yeah. mean, yeah. we know that there are influencers who will say anything that they're yeah. paid to say. But I think the consumer gets a feel for that. And I think that by complying with the rules, you're more likely to have the consumer 
trust you, not less likely. Yeah. I have influencers who say that the whole power of influencing is that the consumer doesn't know. No. And and when they say that, I go, like, listen to what you've just said. How dodgy is that? Yeah. How dodgy <laughs> is it that the only reason it's working is because you're it's lying? because you're withholding. Like, yeah. that's, that's not okay. Yeah. And when you listen to that, then you realize how necessary it is yeah. that you, yeah. are, you advise the consumer. Yeah. And, and so the assumption from where we sit is that you've held quite a number of tunnel meetings and consulted everybody involved in the space. Uh, but when we did a, a SNAP survey, we found out that most people really say they were not consulted and they, they didn't throw in yeah, an influencer space. marketing specifically. So the, the IAB drove the consultation process and they drove um, you know they drove the drafting of this. We, we're more the vehicle for carrying it. The IAB yeah. really has been, and they are the digital marketers, and they they put the call out to their members. They put the call out to. They've they worked with um an in, there is an influencer and I now don't can't think the name of it off the top of my head. But there is like an association of influencers, um, and they put the call out to them and they they tried to. The problem is I don't know that I don't know how many people saw it. I don't know how yeah. many people saw it and realized this is something I should be looking at and consulting. What I can say and this is really important. Part of the advantage of self-regulation is that it's very dynamic. So this is the first draft of the code that we're using now. Okay, all right. Influencers right. can come to us now and say, why haven't you done this? It should be like this. And they can submit proposals. And okay. if, if their proposals are seen as being a better way of doing it, we will change the code. I think that's, okay. very, yeah. that's important very important to note yeah. that. Okay. And yeah. the code is currently open for review until the 30th of September. Okay. So if anybody does want to submit something, it must be motivated. Please don't yeah. It can't be like, guys, I just feel like yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, and it mustn't be... I don't think this code should exist because no, exactly. because the international story it's shows gonna, it should. It's, gonna it's going to exist. Yeah. Yeah. But if you have a, a proper suggestion, you can email it to info at arb.org.za. We'll link that in the show notes. Um, so if you have a great suggestion, it's obviously motivated, yeah. then please do that. And I think that brings me to my next question is um, the code, obviously codes have been in Australia and America for I think for a year or two now. Mm -hmm. And they're always a bit ahead of us we know that mm. um, and our code very much resembles what they're doing and we are seeing that they are revising their codes as well because I think they also seen the spaces evolved and they mm. got members to obviously also input um, why are we in your eyes kind of following what's happening in the rest of the world and not sitting down and kind of doing a social media code that's specific for our landscape South Africa well I think we've done both um, but first of all, like I said, social media is a global phenomenon, not a local phenomenon. It doesn't yes. have borders. You don't follow people. You don't get blocked from following someone if they don't fall within South yeah. Africa. Touch yes. word. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a newspaper or a television station yeah. where you know exactly where it's reaching. It, sure. it could be reaching anywhere. So we want to be at one with the rest of the world. And like I said, that's good for the marketer. It's good for the influencer. Of yeah. But again... It, local is important because obviously we have different concerns. We have different yes. sensitivities. And for marketers marketing to South Africans specifically. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So one, there are two things there. The first thing is, again, that we have drafted our own code. And if, um, and if there, there are suggestions of how there are local things that are not working, are not working, we would look at it. The second thing is that when it comes to content... 
the influencer, like any advertiser, is bound by the rest of the code. And the way yes. we interpret our rules will always be subject to local sensitivities. Okay. So, for okay. example, issues of racism are different in South Africa to in Sweden. If H&M yeah. taught yeah. us anything, it's that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. so, so, we would be going, in South Africa, it is completely unacceptable to be saying okay. X. Amazing. Because in yeah. South Africa, that triggers us. And then, so we would be looking at our offensiveness clause and our discrimination clause in the view of South Africans. Also when it comes to misleading, we, we're very aware that we have a large uneducated population who are very superstitious and very vulnerable. Yes. And we've got to be, make sure that if a medium is reaching them, if an ad is in the Daily Sun, yeah. we've got to know it's reaching a huge mm. amount of South Africans of different LSMs, of different educational levels, and we've got to judge it in that context. Yeah. Okay, Whereas an ad, if an ad is in GQ magazine, you know it's exactly. probably a different audience, yeah, and maybe, maybe the claim can be a little bit more sophisticated because it's a more sophisticated audience. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, have you embarked on a deliberate education drive? Because it almost seems like the conversation about this code is happening. I, I know influencer marketing is and influence is very effective, but it almost seems like this conversation is happening peer to peer, and we haven't seen any huge uh, drive from so, yourself. Yeah. So one of the things you have to understand is we are a new organisation. Okay. We are funded by the industry, and we have got we. There are three of us in my office, including me. Okay. We do not have the resources to go on huge public relations campaigns. We okay. have neither the human resources nor the financial resources. Right. But we have found the conversation has taken off so organically that probably right. it is probably we're having a better conversation than we would be having if we'd gone about a deliberate um, education campaign because it has taken off organically. And on the whole, um, education about the ARB has happened so organically. Yeah. And do you want to sit with her after this meeting and, I would and love proffer to. some solutions? <laughs> huh? um, I think to that, when was the ARB established? We launched at the beginning of November last year. Okay, so it is in its infancy. We're in our infancy yeah. and we are very much, you know, we do... We, we're prioritizing the most important things. Um, we're also relying on members to take the conversations forward where it's important to their membership. The, the okay. only thing, ironically, that I am very good at is social media. I'm very good at Twitter. Um, so, we, so we have a lot of our communication goes out via Twitter. If you go and look yeah. at our Twitter feed, you'll see that there, there were the calls. Yeah. If you want to submit comment on the influencer code, as soon as the influencer code came out, okay. we share information about it. Sure. I will share this podcast there. You know, we we use that a lot. All right. Um, but is is the conversation as wide as it could be? Probably not. Is the conversation ever as wide as it could be? I don't know. Yeah. And I think that brings also to why we're only starting regulating now. There wasn't really a body to do this before. Well, the ASA, the conversation started with the ASA. Okay. Um, and then the ASA went into liquidation, and the ARB just stepped into that of, conversation 
um, yeah. in its place. So there has always been a body who could do it. I okay. think that it, it, it needed a driver, and the yes. driver came in the form of the IAB and in the form of Terry Murphy, who runs Marketing Mix Conferences, and he very much said, we, we have a need for this, so Definitely. we need to... Let's. I'm going to drive this. Okay. Um, so that you know, I think that's important. The ARB deals with every industry, every medium, every everything. So we often will not be as plugged into the needs of a particular industry as that sure. industry body will be. All right. And we need okay. them to tell us when they need our help. So taking into account some of um, the points you brought earlier on, um, a lack of funding. What is the feasibility of policing? Um, we don't police. The, we the never, execution we, we don't of, you police never police anything. Police. We are complaints. We are a reactive organization. Okay. So we rely on consumers Clients. and other influencers to do the policing. Okay. We need to receive complaints. Otherwise, we can't act on them. Um, you know, the thing has been, and this was with the ASA as well, and this is, mm -hmm. again, a worldwide phenomenon. All right. You cannot monitor advertising Fairly, unless you have huge resources, because you've got to be monitoring oh, everything, everything, every single platform. You know, yeah. so it would be unfair if, when I notice an influencer not using the hashtag ad, that I act on it because I follow a very small group of influencers. Yeah. So I'd have the poor mommy bloggers would be weighed down underneath the weight <laughs> of the complaints, and nobody else would be. Yeah. The makeup people would be completely free of complaints because I'm not interested in what them. they have to yeah, say. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, that would be unfair. And look, we've seen it happening um, since this came to light that a lot of influencers are calling out their peers. But we haven't yeah. had the complaints yet. But I think they're doing it personally. Yeah. Yeah. And they're kind of sorting out between themselves at this perfect. point. And I think um, once they realize this person is not listening to the 10 mm. people who's asking them, please be ethical, we're all in the same boat, please do this. And once they don't adhere to that, then they'll take the next step. Yeah. I think also influencers, and I have seen a little bit of this going on, that old saying, people in glass houses mustn't throw stones. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So I think if you are going to call out a fellow influencer, just go back and check that your house is in order. Because you might yeah. find yourself, and this has always been with marketers. If one big marketer calls out the other's washing powder, like we know we've sure. got a washing powder war on our hands because they're going to go back and look at the other one's washing powder very carefully. And that's yeah. very human to do. It's lovely for us because compared to complaints we get paid for, so we like nothing better than a washing powder war. But, <laughs> you know, you have to check your own houses in order before you go judging other people's houses. And I have seen situations where I see people calling each other out. Yeah. And then the very next tweet, is uh, I'll be yeah, well, where's, where's your yours? Where's your hashtag? Yeah. So, and I think that's a great piece of advice to give to marketers as well as influencers. Mm. If you're going to call out, make sure that your ducks are in a row. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, that brings us very organically to I would like to understand what exactly is the consequences to brands and influencers if they don't adhere to the code. So, this is important. We're not a punitive organization, and I've, I've had quite a lot of criticism for that recently. Like people going, <laughs> Well, why aren't you punishing them? Yeah. And I think because in the America and in Australia, we saw two huge kind of um, influencer marketers, they literally, you can face a legal action. Mm. You and here yeah, you could. You could face a legal action. I don't know on what basis, um, but you, you know, <laughs> it could happen. But we are here to protect the consumer. Yes. So, what we want is that. Going forward, that ad that might have been misleading the consumer is no longer out there. 
that's our interest. So we want to, we'll pull, we will all try to pull advertising okay. that misleads the consumer. But after that, we don't take any steps. However, there's reputational fallout. I always say that. I'm like, guys, sure, go do yeah. it, but your reputation will be tarnished. There's reputation for the influencer and, and for the, the marketer. Yeah. And yeah. there is nothing easier than an ARB decision story. The moment yes. we issue a decision, an it's hour online. later, it will be in in one of the online press, um, online media forums because it's a it, they're always interesting. My work is very interesting. It is. Yeah. I've been on, on on the on your platforms, and it is. You can literally go look up. It's a public forum. You can it's, go look up any brand's decision that's been made. It's, yeah. it's really our work's yeah. interesting, and it's an easy story. There's always a story in everything we do, and yeah. if there's not, they make one. Um, <laughs> so you know, we sometimes like. That was the most innocuous little decision we made, and they're going mad. The first decision we made, we accepted an undertaking from a marketer that they would stop calling a, but a fat spread margarine because it didn't fit with the legal definition of margarine. It's a very complicated world, okay. margarine. Yeah. Butter versus marge. So, mm. but, but there's a whole thing called fat spreads, and it's to do with percentages of something oh, or another. And one of the retailers had called a fat spread margarine in their advertising and we got a complaint and they said, whoops, sorry, we won't do it again. And we recorded that as an undertaking and said, they've said, sorry, that's it, it's resolved. Yeah. The media went insane. They, I was having interviews like, is margarine no longer margarine? <laughs> <laughs> is it all fat spreads now? What are we eating? <laughs> and we had honestly thought that it was the most non-entity of a decision. So any, so this reputational fallout and it yeah. sometimes Definitely. happens in the most innocent of circumstances. And it's for the influencer and it's for the marketer. The and marketer. I must say, the one matter that we've done, I feel desperately sorry for the influencer because it was an undertaking. They came, they said, whoops, yes. sorry, we'll fix it and in the future. And she's been yeah. everywhere. And she's been everywhere. And, and she has, um, to your point, she has made all the amendment that was asked of her. Exactly. Yeah. And she hasn't, re she really hasn't done anything wrong. She's been vilified a little um, bit. She was picked up out of any number of people who could have been picked up. Yeah. She, ha she has been vilified to an extent. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So that's what other influencers have to look at. That even if you do, it, and the marketer honestly, they came back and they said, "Whoops, sorry, we'll fix it." And that was also in your ruling. It was yes. literally decision was made. They said, "Okay, we're not even fighting this. Go back and mend your sponsored yeah. post." And yeah. she was like, "Fantastic, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Thank you." And uh, you know, so so influencers need to be aware of that. That the fallout reputationally for them is going to be huge and possibly bigger than for the brand because an influencer is more vulnerable than they a brand. They are, we can say, I would say they're kind of the face of the brand when they're on the campaign. The brand definitely comes into it and especially with the code not out, they'll be like, but it was your job to make sure that the influencers follow mm. the rules. So, yeah. crisis management 101. All it's, right, Let, let's take a look at... Um, Nano-influencers. So nano-influencers are you and I. Okay. We've already fallen in love with, with a product and a brand. And we and, buy it. Yeah, and we buy it, we use it, and we're speaking to a very small audience, uh, predominantly our families and, and our friends. So what should motivate me to adhere to the code? Well, the, the rules are simple. If you are being paid in any form yeah. to state your opinion, the rules apply to you. Okay. If you are... Just saying it. If you are going, 
I bought this shirt from Shirts for Us, and I love, I love it. it. And Shirts for Us didn't give you the shirt. Yeah. You paid full price. They haven't paid you. They don't even know who you are. You don't have to say hashtag ad because it's not an ad. It's your genuine opinion. Yeah. The moment Shirts for Us go, whoa, you are saying nice things about us. We're going to send you a pack of free shirts. Yeah. Now you've just become an influencer. All right. And now the, the, the code applies to you and you must put hashtag ad, hashtag gift. When you now say, I got this wonderful set of shirts, I can't wait to so, see how great I'm So this look. is where I, I kind of want to distinguish because it's a bit of a gray area for me. Um, and maybe you can <laughs> For me, it's me. black and white. <laughs> <laughs> I do love gray though. <laughs> um, so as Cindy said, like um, nano influencers are everyday people who buy your brand. They love your brand. They speak to, to people about it in case they might have like up to thousand followers at most on their Facebook. It's their friends, their families, their colleagues. Um, is it fair to brush them with the same kind of paint or the same brush? Is that even a saying? Guys? I think I mixed it up. Um, paint them with the same brush as, say, a Bonang who's got millions of followers because she's advertising to strangers, mostly fans, and yeah. we're just talking to our friends and family. If the brand thinks that your influence is important enough that they are giving you stuff or paying you, then you must be having some effect on someone. Brands don't just start paying random strangers in the street. Um, you know, you're an influencer. So if you yeah. publish a small newsletter and you have paid for advertising in it, it's still an ad. The fact that you only have get it to 100 people, someone saw fit to pay to put advertising in okay. it. It's, I think also that often the brand is picking up that that person might be on the beginning of an influencer career. Okay. So, you know, and very often the person will then be like, oh, I just got all these free shirts. Maybe so I can cool. get some free shirt <laughs> shoes as well. Maybe I can get some free makeup. And they start yeah. that career. Sure. The fact, if you're being paid for it, it must be of some value and you fall into okay. the influencer basket. For me, it's, it's black and white. Got Brands it. maybe need to think about it. Brands maybe, if Cindy's going mad for shirts or us, in his private capacity. Maybe just leave him quietly going mad for shirts or so you don't have to pay him to tell Don't yeah. give him the free shirts. <laughs> don't pay him anything because he'll keep loving his brand without becoming an influencer because you haven't paid that him. Is. Maybe brands need to rethink that strategy of immediately like climbing on the bandwagon of people who love their brands. And I know then one has a sense of, all, well, isn't it nice if you can just have a free shirt? Like, shame. Um, wow. He's doing so much work for us for free. But the moment you give him a free shirt, you pay. Okay, That's, that makes sense. And I think that is very clear cut. There's no great It's not great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, does the code apply to brand ambassadors, that next level? Yes. It, if it's so simple, the test. If you're being paid in any form, it applies to you. Even if you're a brand ambassador for two years, say, for Samsung or somewhere, and do you have to do that ad sponsored? If, if your post is in terms of your contract, then you have to have okay. hashtag ad, hashtag brand ambassador would probably be the safest. So what I like doing is hashtag ad and then hashtag and clarifying the status of that ad. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag ad, hashtag gift when you got the shirts. Hashtag okay. ad, hashtag brand ambassador if you're a brand ambassador. So, okay. so then it clarifies the nature exactly. of the ad. So that also, I think a lot of people get confused when to use hashtag ad, when to use hashtag sponsored, when to use hashtag yeah. gift. So sponsored is internationally a very 
um, debatable one, controversial one, because sponsor traditionally has a very different meaning, more the brand ambassador. Yep. That, exactly. That I sponsor your running shoes because you're a runner you're, and you wear them the whole time. Yeah, you cast a semenya, I'm Nike, yeah. you're my brand ambassador. And that, yeah. and that then becomes... That's more what the word sponsor traditionally means. So in the UK, there was a lot of discussion about whether they like hashtag sponsored mm. for social media posts. And because I've read so much of that, I'm a bit ambivalent about it. But yeah. the code does a lot. I, I think hashtag sponsored should not be used if it's a, a real monetary arrangement. If I have paid you 10,000 Rand to do 10,000 posts or whatever the going rate is. Or oh, we wish um, it was yeah. that cheap. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so then yeah. I don't think hashtag sponsored. So then hashtag ad hashtag is sufficient. Ad. And then obviously gifted if it was a desk drop yeah. or they've given you in, in exchange to post ads. Actually, that's a good one. If you just get desk drops. You weren't identified as an influencer, but this brand obviously values you in some way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they think, Anne would love this makeup. I would love makeup, by the way. <laughs> it's really expensive. Putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Yeah. But, um, and I love lipsticks. But now they send me a desk drop. I haven't been contracted onto it. Yeah. They just literally like, we think she'll like it. And I think a lot of brands use that to go like, maybe we'll get some content out of yeah. that. What's and this, is, this has been controversial because with traditional media, that's been happening for years. I yes. mean, that's how press, a press um, drop is. Yeah, so, and they haven't had to declare it. But the way they do it, the way they use it in a magazine, you know the part of the magazine, it will come in and it will come in the hot products for yes. summer 2020, yeah. Yeah. and then there it will be. And they won't have said, but the consumer knows what it is. It won't come Social media is more insidious because between the paid for advertising is the honest opinion if it's a clever influencer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so so you need to... So the, the decision was we did have debate about this. Should that situation be something that you have to yes. hashtag? Yeah. And the feeling was because one of the aims is that the whole business of influencing is ethical and transparent and trusted. Yes. The, if, Across if channels, mediums. Yeah. Rather yeah. just reveal it. And I think the best thing to do in that situation is to actually, in the body of the tweet, say exactly what happened. Got yeah. the um, desk Revlon dropped off this basket of goodies for me. Amazing. Yeah. How fabulous. I, I can't okay. wait to go out tonight. Hashtag gift. Yeah. Okay. Because then no one Not is confused. Yeah. They and know exactly the what same happened. with when influencers get asked to do... Um, it's giveaways. Yes. Um, but I think that's quite apparent when they go like, look, yeah. I'm doing a giveaway for X, and Y, and Z. Remember yeah. the code does say that if it is clear from the nature of the medium that it is a paid for thing, then you don't have to go further. Okay. So, so, for example, when you, have a, when you do that thing on Facebook where you promote your post and it says promoted post, yes. mm -hmm. that's good enough because it says promoted okay. post and we're all familiar with that. So that is something that I wanted to actually ask and I think you've maybe clarified it already. Instead of using the hashtags, if someone in the copy just is like, guys, I was given this, or I'm being paid to say this, or I am an influencer on this campaign. Like, make I it wouldn't say I'm, I'm an influencer on this campaign no, because that, some people don't know what that means. No, but so, something so, to that yeah. effect, like I've been chosen to talk to you about this by the brand. No? Is that because not good enough? Because you haven't revealed that you were paid in any way. Remember, we have 
population who don't necessarily understand influencing like we do. We know we that if someone okay. says, I'm an influencer for yeah. this brand, we know they've what been given means. something. But the consumer doesn't necessarily. And if I just say add and don't hashtag it so the hashtags don't pick it up? Well, that, that then also becomes the debate, and that's where consumer education comes in. But I think okay. the hashtag, you know, I think there also is a point at which you've done everything you can. You're like and the consumer is still not picking <laughs> it up. Sorry. I've just shared on our Twitter feed a UK decision on this okay. hashtag ad. So that's quite interesting to look we'll at. We'll go link okay. that. We'll look okay. for it. Yeah. Um, that's quite interesting to look at where it was one where she put hashtag, okay, I think I'm getting this right. She put hashtag brand ambassador. But she didn't put hashtag ad. Was there oh. like a big thing about that? So there was a decision. Okay. There was a decision. Like we would have a decision about it. Um, and they said she needs to put the hashtag ad as well. And does the hashtags need to be the first hashtag you put? As it cannot bury okay. it in 50 other hashtags and so no one sees it? So that is a very... We haven't, we haven't regulated that. My feeling is if you are an ethical influencer who is honestly ones. trying to... Be clear with your consumers, it should be the first one. I'm particularly against being buried in the middle. I think it should be first or last. So because that I think clear. it catches yeah. the eye better first or last. Um, I also think of how many you had would influence how bad burying it is. Um, but I'm not a fan of the buried hashtag. Because I know in the States, they have to, it needs it to needs be, be first. above the fold as well. So yeah. even if your caption yeah. is longer, you have to... Have that hashtag, hashtag and at first, then start. And, then and I, th I do think that that is really the clearest way. I don't think we're going to see it here. I think mm -hmm. we're going to see it no. at the beginning of the hashtags. Correct. But, uh, you know, there's argument maybe you want to make a code review submission that it should be before. <gasps> Look, I have definitely got some <laughs> ideas. And I, you can definitely expect a submission from me on a couple of things. Yeah, but maybe not that one. But maybe not that one. But um, I think... It is a very interesting space we're in mm. because influence marketing is so new still in South Africa that we are learning by trial and error as well. Yeah. And, and we I want to comment on that because one of the things is when influencers started, they were kind of people with a hobby. Now it's a profession. And if you want to be a profession... You have to be regulated like any, like a doctor and a lawyer and an accountant. Yeah, so if influencers want to be taken seriously as a profession, they have to behave seriously like professionals. Yeah. And part of that is having a code. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, one last question, because this is a very good conversation. Yeah. But um, obviously, um, with being with the ARB, it's across advertising mm. everywhere. But... We always find that, what about product placement in, in shows and things? How do you actually Such regulate that? One. Such and a big one. And how will that be done? Such a big one. It's something that has come up long ago in discussions. We have never received a complaint about it. Okay. So I have to say I don't. No. So you obviously being a reactive body. Once yeah. you get a complaint, and it doesn't seem to be a big enough issue in South Africa that it's something that we have said. Listen, we need to step in and we need to regulate. There was a lot of conversation about 15 years ago about whether it falls under the BCCSA who do program content or the ASA at the time who do advertising, advertising. content. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, the agreement was that it was an ASA issue, but it hasn't come up. If it okay. comes up again. 
And then we would relook at it, we would reopen it. I don't know yeah. that enough is happening. Yeah. In in the true sort of product placement in programs. Do you think that's because it's been around for so long, people just instinctively know that was paid to be I'm, there? I'm going to be honest, I think most consumers have no idea that it was paid for. And that's my next thing. And it is worrying. With um, with Same with influencers, right? Um, do we not think the audience is silly or stupid by having to hashtag? Do they not instinctively know? I don't believe so. And also the influencer sometimes gives a genuine, unsolicited opinion. Yeah. Like you buy this yourself and you're and like, it's I love yeah. this. And, and actually as an influencer, I would also want my audience to know that that genuine opinion was, a, like it actually is a more genuine, heartfelt kind thing. Kind of brings that credibility. Um, yeah. yeah. I've also seen a movement where they're going hashtag not an ad and they think they're yes. being very cheap. <laughs> I love it. I also love it and I actually saw a couple this week and I was like, guys, I love that. Just I because in the midst of everything when people are going to be like, why didn't you hashtag that yeah. ad? Just going to, no, I just love this product. Yeah. It's yeah. my genuine opinion. And it's such a powerful thing to do in terms of giving credibility to what you're saying. And I think I think it's been done as an almost a act of rebellion against these rules. Yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, it fits right in the rules because it it's does. being transparent it's like this one was an ad this, this one, one is, is not, not an ad yeah 100% uh, there, there's obviously going to be a lot of, of questions from our audiences how do they get hold of you and also I'm sure a lot of our listeners will want to contribute to to the evolution okay. of the code how do they get hold of you so you can email me on gail g-a-i-l at arb.org.za mm. we are also responsive on twitter if you want to have a conversation with me you may not lodge a complaint on twitter and right. if you start shouting at me i will not take block it you. then um, she will block you um so yeah, <laughs> I, yeah i don't take being abused on twitter um but i am prepared to have conversations there i would rather you do it on the arb um, yeah. handle written in my handle what is the All handle? Right. it's at ARB underscore South Africa perfect alright and for Kikas influencer marketing strategy what do they get hold of you? Uh, influential as you all know please find us on Twitter influential without the I uh, influential SA and also on LinkedIn Okay. you can find us uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us thank you so much for having me this was a fantastic conversation a fantastic conversation yeah and for everybody else at home uh, please follow the podcast coffee conversations about i am or influencer marketing on facebook until next week we love you but we have to leave you thank you guys thank oh, you oh and somebody please get n red lipstick <laughs> no i'm not red oh <laughs> what color i fall more into like the tangerines ah.